This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Most experts make the mistake of choosing just one way to deliver their expertise. Think about it. Accountants make money through accounting. Trainers make money from training. Chefs cook. You get the idea. The secret to becoming a niche leader and having more revenue is to diversify how you deliver what you do. And our guest today, Ronan Leonard, teaches business owners and subject matter experts how to leverage their IP into additional revenue models and increase their industry profile. He calls this return on intellect. Most subject matter experts get stuck delivering in just one mode. And as a result, they miss out on all their intellectual property and getting that full return on it. So if you've got 10, 15 years experience in a certain niche or industry, then at some point you reach this diminishing return. And it's called like the, the segment curve where every business has it. You reach that um, hump and that length and you can either innovate and take it to the next level or you fade away and die like Kodak and like so many other companies. Talking business now with Ronan Leonard. He's also known as the mastermind guy, and he's the founder of a company called Accountability. Today, Ronan is joining Talking Business Now from Australia to talk with us about getting a return on intellect. Welcome, Ronan. Thanks for having me on the show, Kelly. You're really looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, you know, you got a real twist on ROI. As business people, of course, we're all used to hearing about return on investment and getting a return on investment, but you give it a twist and you call it return on intellect. What do you mean by return on intellect? What I mean is that most subject matter experts get stuck delivering in just one mode. And as a result, they miss out on all their intellectual property and getting that full return on it. So if you've got 10, 15 years experience in a certain niche or industry, then at some point you reach this diminishing return. And it's called like the, the segment curve where every business has it. You reach that um, hump and that length and you can either innovate and take it to the next level or you fade away and die like Kodak and like so many other companies. It's, it's a natural progression. So once you've reached that certain point of mastery, you need to look at innovation because otherwise you do get stuck doing the same thing and you just don't get that return on intellect, as I call it. So I, I challenge people to reach that point point. say, okay, how can I make more money and how can I serve my niche better 
And one of the best ways to do that is to, to come up with something that's more innovative than what they're currently doing. Give me some examples of some companies that have successfully made that transition or experienced that kind of innovative growth, or give me some ways that you can achieve that. Well, one of the ways to achieve that is through authority, because if you just deliver what you do, then you never really achieve authority. Authority, basically, in its simplest form, is really just teaching. So if you look at somebody even like Gordon Ramsay, he doesn't cook anymore. He's a world-class cook. But he then wrote books. He then produced TV shows. He even has a masterclass on that platform called Masterclass. So he's innovated his expertise into so many other ways to reach a bigger audience. So that's one of the best examples of, of someone who is really just a chef who then becomes this global phenomenon and brand because he's thinking outside the box and he's created that innovation of doing something other than just cooking. Yes, what you're saying reminds me of something I read a while back about it was really just a woman who had had a very successful run operating a dance studio and she was so good at it that people from other states who wanted to start dance studios started calling her and asking her what her secrets were and she finally realized you know I shouldn't be giving this away for free I want to help people but I think <laughs> I can probably package this up and sell it as a consultant and she made more money doing that than she did operating the dance studio there locally. So is that an example of what you'd be talking about too? That's a perfect example where you, as I said, you reach that point where you have a shortcut, you have um, a lot of that intellectual property and you don't always know which is the best part of it, but there is a certain skill set that other people don't want to spend that 10 years and that hard work trying to do it and they want that shortcut. So they will pay for that shortcut, say, okay, well, look, maybe it'll take me three, four years to get a successful dance studio going, but if I speak to someone that's been through all the hard knocks and I bypass all of that and I can do it in three months and I can avoid most of those pitfalls, surely that's worth one, three, five, seven thousand dollars, whatever it is to not make those mistakes. So it's a, it's a great shortcut by someone that's already sort of trod, trodden that path before and can help you get there much quicker. You you advise people on how to do this. What are what's some of the advice that you give them as they are trying to uh, make this next transition? What I teach them to do is to to not assume. So it doesn't matter if you've got fifteen years experience in a certain niche. You need to go back to the market and find out what they want and what's their most pressing issue is. And, and the way I frame it is that you want to teach what people want to learn, not what you want to teach. And it's a subtle but a huge difference. Definitely. And it's exactly, it's exactly the same as all these people that start a business because they've got a great idea and they build it before they ever test it to market. And, and we've all done it, uh, let's be honest, myself included. But the, the, really, the really smart people say, rather than me invest in my life savings, let me find out what people really want and let me build that rather than using my ego to say, I've got this great idea, I'm going to build it regardless. So that's the subtle difference. Yeah. And so what are some of the ways that they can test this idea or find out, as you say, uh, what people want to learn rather than what you want to teach them? How do you go about finding that out? I'm going to go really old school here. You actually just call people up and say, <laughs> what's your biggest problem? <laughs> and the reason I say call people is that you can do, obviously now we, we have so much technology. You can, you can send someone an email. You can get people to fill out a form, a survey, all those sorts of things. But 
people tend to lie and don't tell the truth. And, and sure, even on the phone they do that, but they're far more likely to, to open up and you can, you can hear the tone in their voice like we're having this conversation now. You can ask more questions that you can't on a survey. You can just keep digging and you can really, you can hear their passion, their excitement and, and their frustration in, in when you're talking to them. And people pay to have a problem solved. So the more animated and frustrated they are on the phone, the more you can go, ah, oh, this sounds like a really good idea. Let me test this with a couple of other people. And one of the first thing I say is that the second you call someone up, we all love to complain. Let's be honest. The second you catch up with friends at a barbecue, once you're done with talking about your kids, the weather and sport, what do you do? You complain. <laughs> so it's easy to get people to complain. You've just got to ask them, you know, what's your biggest problem? And they'll tell you. So it's, it's a simple hack. You've had a variety of different uh, career moves. You started out on a cruise ship, and you you were there for many years, and you had one particular incident off the coast of South Africa, and you got caught in a storm, uh, the ship started sinking, and you were an integral part of the rescue. This was back in 1991. So tell us about that experience, what you learned from it, and how it's influenced your approach to business. Well, for a start, I was completely naive. I was very early 20s, just started working on cruise ships, didn't know anything. And then, yes, we're on the wild coast of South Africa in the middle of winter, and this huge storm hit, 100-mile winds, mm. um, 60-foot swells, and the ship started sinking. And most of the senior officers and crew abandoned us to our fate. They left their positions. They didn't do any of the rescue. All the, all the drills, you've been on a cruise ship, they're, 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 they're pretty strict on their drills. None of that happened. So I had no training, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just sort of jumped in and helped. And one of the key things it taught me is that it doesn't really matter what the, the label is, you could be captain so-and-so, you could be CEO, you've still got to, 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 to earn people's trust. Um, so you, I, I've learned to sort of question a bit more um, authority and, and push back and, and ask a couple of, couple of more pertinent questions because um, as I said, you know, the, the, the captain and the staff captain and the chief radio officer, all those people that were paid to be in that responsibility um, left us to it, and, and people way below that pay grade end up stepping up, the entertainers, myself, who worked in the gift shop. So it's just a really important lesson to sort of question a lot more things, uh, and and you get better answers when you do that. And and as a result now, I, I'm always trying to question even myself, am I, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Is it a better way to do something? And, and everyone quotes the, the phrase from Einstein is the, the definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing, expecting different results. When I tie this back to ROI, to me, the definition of insanity is, is knowing that phrase and still doing the same thing. <laughs> so it's one thing if you don't know it, but it's another to sit there and say, okay, well, I, I, I'm not getting the results I want or I'm not, getting a, I'm not really getting my full return on intellect. Um, and then just continuing to, to try and get more customers in at the same price and not trying to innovate. So that's one of the key lessons that I learned from, from surviving that, that ship sinking. Yeah, you know, you talk about return on intellect, you talk about the questioning. Uh, it's not always having all the answers, but it's knowing which questions to ask that can then lead to the answers. And, and that's uh, of primary importance. One of the things that you do 
is uh, lead people through mastermind groups. Talk to us about why they're important and how you got into that. Well, they're, they're really important for the exact reason you said is finding the, the, the better questions, testing your assumptions, testing your limiting beliefs, and, and finding out what you don't know. I mean, if you look on the internet, everyone talks about seven secrets, the three secrets. There are no secrets, there's just stuff you don't know. And, and the rate of complexity in business at the moment is that you can never catch up. Um, 30 years ago, there was virtually no information. It was quite hard to start a business. Now it's the opposite. It's really easy to start a business. There's information everywhere, and yet businesses are failing at a faster rate because you can't service your clients and, and, and do all your regular work. And, and I believe, you know, find that, that information, the right information, what's new, what's, what's innovating, what, what should I be staying on, in, in front of and on, on top of, so if you've got six people in a, in, in a mastermind and each of them have a decade's worth of experience, that's 60 years of knowledge in, in, a, in one room. And they've seen different things to you. They have different viewpoints, different experiences. So you get to, to potentially find a better answer to that question, certainly than if you were sat alone um, trying to think it all out yourself. And, and maybe they don't have the right answer, but they can at least challenge your assumptions or they can prove an idea. If, if three people say that's a great idea, you know you're onto something. Um, whereas if you're in your room on your own trying to work it out, you don't have that sounding board. So for some people, they call it like a board of directors. You, mm -hmm. You've got that. There's people that you can tap into and, and ask questions and get feedback and, and tell them the real issues because we can't tell the real issues on, on social media because we have to portray this um, Life's great, we're winning, that's what people want, that highlights reel of, of, of the snippets. So we, when, we're not able to open up on social media, so this is a safe space where you can and you can talk about the real challenges and issues you're facing. Yeah, uh, when you talk about the social media, I often refer to that, you know, that that uh, make fake it till you make it kind of mentality because in business, a lot of times, if you show any kind of vulnerability, publicly anyway, uh, it, it's kind of like the shark circling because they smell blood. And you have, so you have to be very careful publicly, but in a safe environment like that where, where you can share. And as you say, uh, in those groups, they draw from their experience rather than just book knowledge and that's so much more I anyway I have always found that to be much more valuable and I would assume your experience bears that out as well yeah nobody's got it all figured out it doesn't matter whether you are Richard Branson or whether you are you know your first year in business having worked in the corporate world for a decade nobody's got it all figured out we've all got um, goals we want to achieve, we've all got the next hurdle and the next hurdle with goal-setting machines. Uh, and you bump up against those limited beliefs, those problems and those doubts and, and, and frustrations and, and all those things all the time. And the other thing I like to say is that you actually get context to content. Now, content's everywhere, but context is what people we're, we're starving for. It's, okay, look, I, I read this great um, blog post about how to create a funnel, but how does that apply to my bricks and mortar business? Uh, and then someone can give you a suggestion, an idea, and oh, okay, I get it now, I can, I can tweak that, uh, because they've, as I said, they've experienced before, or they've got knowledge in funnels. So it it's really is just sort of um, honing those ideas and getting some context just around all that information that's out there. What questions, I'm sure you have a list of questions that 
people should be asking themselves to, to see or to uncover those kinds of skills and knowledge they have that could be valuable to somebody else and that if you package them up, you could sell and grow your own business with. What are some of those questions? Well, the first one is, what do people always ask me about when I pick my brains about? And, and you gave that great example of that dance studio. So often as a genius, we don't see our own genius. We dismiss it too easily. We, you know, we say, oh, that's easy. It's easy to us, but not to other people. So that's the first one is literally is, you know, what do people want to uh, a coffee chat with me for or pick my brains? That's the very first sort of sort of one. And the second one is, where do your clients come away and go, that was amazing? you know, testimonials or outcomes. So people pay for outcomes. They don't really care whether you've got 20 years experience or five years experience. They're looking for an outcome, not I've got 20 years experience and this is our process, blah, 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 blah. They want an outcome. So if you're, if you've got a leaking tap, you're the plumber, you want the plumber that's going to, going to fix it. Um, not necessarily the best plumber sometimes, the quickest one. If you say, look, I've got a leaking tap, I'll be there in five minutes. Great. I hire you. So you're looking for outcomes. So look at all the, the great outcomes you've achieved for your clients and look for those patterns. And that's where you'll find your, your gold. Yeah. And, and then you start doing the uh, research where you start calling people up or, or maybe pulling together some focus groups or feedback groups so that you can actually get people's thoughts on what, you know, whether or not they would actually buy this from you. Yes, I, I, I teach this lean method is that you really, um, when you want to sort of package up that IP, you, for the first couple, you're just iterating, you're just learning from, from the people. So you can, you can build a, an eight-week mastermind and only come up with the first week's content and learn on the fly, okay, next week, have, you have a structure, but ask your participants what they want to learn. Okay, what else can I teach you next week? Well, next week we're going to talk about pricing. What do you want to know? And they come up with all the questions and you answer them all because you've got that industry experience. So you're not, you're not really learning anything new. You're just paring it down to the, to the most essential stuff that, that people want to learn, not what you want to teach. And, and that helps you to create something that is really of value and not just more information that people just end up consuming. Ronan, we've been talking business now. And if you had to encourage our listeners to really embrace and talk about something in their businesses in 2019, what would it be? It would be to find out what, what you don't know. We all know we've got problems in our business, and, and sorry, not problems, but we've, we've got growth and we've got milestones we want to, want to achieve. Um, but thinking outside the box and taking a step back, and if that's just a couple of hours with a glass of wine and saying, what am I missing here? And, and, and taking that time, because when we work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and we're always doing, we, we don't find those great solutions and those great ideas. They don't come to us in the middle of all the sort of rush. They come to us when we've spent that time to, to, to think about it, and those great ideas then come. So spend a couple, of hours, a couple of hours of thinking about what am I missing here? What, what would be a real momentum shift and a real game changer? And, and what will give me my biggest return on intellect? Because if you're not getting it now, that's, that's the key question that I, I like to start 
those conversations with people to get them thinking bigger than they previously have. I know you're in Australia, and so, you know, visiting you would be a little bit difficult for many of our listeners today, but you have a wonderful website with blogs and and other resources. Uh, What is that, and and how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk more with you? So the two places to get in touch with me is either my website, which is eCountability.io, and that's a play on words from accountability. And the second one is LinkedIn. I'm a very active contributor on LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform for collaborating, sharing ideas, uh, reading interesting information and seeing what other people are up to. So I'm Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy on LinkedIn. So that's the that's the best social media platform to find me. It's been a wonderful experience talking with you today, Ronan. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Talking Business Now. Oh, Kelly, thanks for having me on the show all the way from Australia. I appreciate it. Thank you for getting up so early. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.